This is Route 66, One for the Road, with Rory Alskerry. Hello and welcome to this latest Route 66 One for the Road podcast. Our guest this time is the guy playing all the instruments. When I first met you and Leah What's a pretty girl like her Talking to a guy like me You're so young and pretty And I'm wise enough to see you I found myself A sweet honey bee Well, his name's Steve Hill. He's a Canadian blues rock guitarist. He's got a brand new live album out on the 11th of May. It comes out on Manhattan Records. It's called The One Man Blues Rock Band. And uh, I'll give you a clue as to why. It's because he is playing and singing everything on this live recording. Excellent stuff from Steve Hill. We'll get into chatting to him in just a moment. Before that, though, just wanted to bring your attention to the fact that this podcast is a joint venture between ourselves. That's me, basically, your host, Rory Ausgary. Hello, nice to you with me and uh, blues rock review which is an excellent website based in america and uh, run by a small team of people who are very dedicated to what they do and loads of great reviews of blues and rock and all sorts of stuff new albums and uh, new musicians and tours etc it's an information rich resource do check out blues rock review and you can sign up to their mailing list as well you'll get a notification when they put something new up and that includes this the route 66 one for the road podcast Podcast. Right, without any further ado, let's get into it then. Our interview that I've just done with Steve Hill, who is the star of this live album, the one-man blues rock band. He's going to be touring the UK, starts on the 3rd of May, so just a couple of days after we recorded this interview. The album itself is out on the 11th, and he's going out on tour with King King and Danny Bryant. So I kicked off by asking him if he can still remember the gig from last year where this whole album was recorded in one go. Oh, very well. Uh, that was uh, recorded November uh, 30th um, in Quebec City. Small place. Um, that was actually the, the last show of the tour, last show of the year. So uh, that was the 125th show of the year. Um, and I recorded four shows, to, for, uh, four shows for this live album. Um, this one being the last one. And... Uh, I was pretty sure that I was going to use uh, another show that I had recorded in Montreal uh, about a year ago, and, and but but there were like um, two or three songs that uh, I felt like I could probably get better versions, you know, and uh, so I ended up uh, recording two more shows um, when I came back um, from uh, the UK tour I did uh, last fall, opening for Wishbone Ash, and uh, I ended up using that last night because it just it sounded better and uh, uh, everything was better the sound the performances the tempos the singing you know like uh, the crowd was great you know and uh, so uh, that was a no-brainer I just used everything from that night you may well be familiar there's an album that was released in the 70s the who live at leeds and there was rumors at the time that the the gig the night after or the night before i can't remember which in hull was a better show but there was a problem with the bass recording so they went with the leeds one um 
I've got a personal family connection with it because my dad was the entertainment secretary at the time and he was there on the night. So we were kind of glad it worked out that way. But it sounds like it's clearly very rich in your memory. And I mean, you enjoyed it. That that kind of enjoyment really comes across on the recording. When you when you listen back to it again as a as a live album, as a as a live show in its entirety, how do you feel about it now? I'm very happy about it. Uh, actually, I haven't uh, listened to it. <laughs> I haven't listened to it since since I uh, I got the master because uh, <laughs> I mixed the album myself. You know, I, I usually always mix my albums, so uh, I get to listen to them quite a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, um, but I was really happy with it. Uh, I'm happy with the sound. Um, uh, everything, you know, everything that's on it is on it because because uh, I'm I was happy with the, those performances, uh, and uh, I'm so glad it turned out so nicely because I've been uh, I've been trying to do a live album for about twenty years, basically. You know, I've put out nine studio albums, and between every album, I'd record some shows uh, in order to do a live album, and then I'd start mixing and. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I was never happy with the, the tempos. The tempos were always too fast. Uh, the vocals were, you know, always a bit iffy, you know. And uh, so uh, it took me 20 years to be able to release a live album. And, uh, you know, the only reason why it came out is because I was completely satisfied with it. That's amazing that you you say that you listen back to it and you're kind of thinking, well, the tempo's too quick or you weren't quite happy with the vocals. I mean, you're obviously very self-critical and a lot of musicians are, but given the fact that you're playing everything yourself and you're the singer and you're mixing it, does that not kind of present a, a situation where you're really never going to be truly happy with it i mean i guess in this case you are but it's going to be very difficult to achieve perfection is what i'm saying because you're you're in control of absolutely everything yeah well you know it's it's, it's it, there's got to be a deadline because mm. if there's no deadline i never you know I'll, <laughs> you'll I'll just never keep going an album I'll just, I'll just keep on going exactly uh, so it's always the same thing with every album that I've done. You know, I work on it till the last minute and till the point where there's just no other choice. I have to send send the tracks for mastering, and then I might get if I'm not happy with the mastering. Like like for this one, I got two masterings made. You know, because I wasn't really totally satisfied with the first one, and then I got another guy to do it. And I got him to do it three times. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I guess you know that's that's what it takes for me to yeah. be happy, anyways. You know, like, and, and usually there's still always something that bugs me. You know, like, and uh, so so whenever I'm done with a record, I don't listen to it for years. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I can go on for like ten years without listening to to a record. Because you know, like a, then after after some time, you know, I, I can I can really appreciate it and listen to it uh, like anybody else, you know. But uh, if I, you know, like if I'd listen to the live album now, even though I'm really really satisfied with it, I'll still hear just little things that nobody else hears, you know. I'm the mm -hmm. only one who knows about these things, but. Uh, uh, it, you know, uh, I prefer to play the songs than to listen to my records. 
<laughs> well, that's fair enough. Well, let's talk about one of them. The uh, the opener, Rhythm All Over, which I loved when I heard the, the studio version. Uh, we played it on the radio show when we were on the air last year and uh, really enjoyed this one. It, it sets the tone because, to me, it sounds like a kind of autobiographical song about you and, and how you do it. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It seemed like the perfect track to, to start the album. Because, uh, you know, like, um, it, 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 that I knew, like, uh, a long time ago. It almost, it, it was almost a song it, that opened uh, Volume 3. You know, it was either that or Damned. I went with Damned, uh, and then I re- sort of regretted it, you know. Like, I was, <laughs> for a while, I was like, oh, I should have started, you know, I should have started with uh, <laughs> Rhythm All Over. So, so I, I, I got to do it on the live record. <laughs> Start with the left foot, the right one will follow. Left foot, right foot, that's how it goes. As soon as the right hand has got to make a stand, I don't do my box to a court, got a whole band right there. And now next to line, the left hand's eyes up. I'm at 90 degrees and limited to Rhythm All Over from Steve Hill and he's our guest this week on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast uh, the new live album from him out on 11th of May it's called the One Man Blues Rock Band um, Steve, for people who might have been living under a rock and aren't familiar with your work we've touched on the fact that you play everything but just give us a very brief kind of overview of how it works from a technical point of view because I think people will be curious when they've heard that at the sheer kind of depth of the sound and how kind of big it feels despite the fact it's one solitary figure on the stage when they come to see you live mm-hmm. well uh, sometimes people think that I use like backing tracks or loops but I don't it's all played live um, um, what it is is uh, I'm standing up uh, on two pedals uh, one of them plays the bass drum the other one plays the snare and uh, I have another uh, uh, I also have a hi-hat that I can play with the foot that I use for intros and uh, and uh, sometimes, you know, like uh, if I want to make a, a bit bit of noise, you know, like at the end of a tune. And then um, there's uh, a drumstick on my guitar's headstock uh, that I play the cymbal and a hi-hat with. And on the drumstick, there's a maraca. So um, that uh, that's the drum part. And... Uh, uh, the guitars are modified. Um, what I do is I add an extra pickup, but it's offset so that it only captures the sound of the bigger strings. And I have a stereo output on the guitar, so that pickup uh, uh, goes through an octave pedal and gives me the sound an octave lower, which is the range of the bass guitar. And, that, and then that goes through a bass amp so uh, and I play the bass lines with my thumbs basically and then there's the guitar pickup that just goes through two guitar amps and uh, I'm singing and sometimes playing harmonica too in terms of the 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 kind of performance side of it do you feel that it's an advantage or a disadvantage when you're on stage on your own because when you've got a band 
you know, I'm not saying you can hide, but you can take a, a kind of back step for a moment and let the rhythm guitarist or the bass player have a little solo or whatever. You're, you're there all, all on your own all night. You've got to just keep it going. Exactly. It needs, uh, you know, I need to have a lot of energy, uh, obviously, and uh, a lot of focus. Uh, I can't blame the bass player. I can't blame the drummer. You know, <laughs> so because uh, uh, I used to do that a lot. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Uh, it's all on me, but it's fun. You know, it's like it. You're always on edge. You know, and there's also the balance thing. You know, I'm doing this standing up. Yeah, I, I could fall down at any moment. You know, but uh, there's there's something that happens uh, when you do all of that and you got all that pressure on you. Is that uh, you get real, like really, really focused. Uh, like I. Uh, I love to, I, I do skateboarding, and it's the same thing, you know. Um, you could hurt yourself at any moment, you know. So you're very, very focused. And mm. uh, that's a, you know, that's a great thing. You know, it's fun to, to experience that. For me, the other side of that too is you don't have to pay the other members of a band because you don't have to. You don't have to go on tour with them. You don't need them in the studio. Nor do you have the the potential issues with what people often refer to as musical differences. Yeah, that's an advantage for sure. I used to be, you know, like I I've put out six albums uh, before becoming a one man band, and uh, I was just a guitar player, a singer, songwriter. And I had uh, musicians playing with me. I obviously like that a lot, you know, but uh, the music business uh, has changed a lot, you know. And uh, about uh, seven years ago, it was getting hard for me to pay the bills. And uh, it was hard to keep, uh, you know, a band and a crew working and uh, to, to, to get them to, to earn a living and uh, to earn a living myself. It became... Uh, uh, kind of hard you know so so you know i'd have i'd have to uh, i was also a sideman for other artists you know just to make ends meet you know and i didn't want to do that anymore and uh so i just uh um i thought you know i'd do something a uh, little project on the side you know and i thought i'd do it for about a year get my finances uh back in in good shape and then get the band back together you know but uh the thing is that the one man band thing uh just ended up having a lot more success than uh, anything that I'd done before so um fans just kept asking for more of that and uh here we are 6 or 7 years later and I'm still doing it <laughs> but but uh I might get uh, the old band back together uh, next year for for a couple of shows you know it's something that I'd like to do but uh I don't see myself uh, 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 stopping uh, the, the one-man band thing because I enjoy it. You know, I really, I really enjoy doing it. It's fun, you know. And uh, like I always say, you know, that like the limitations of having to do it all on my own uh, help me to come up with my own sound. Because before, you know, I, I you know, I, I love, I love all kinds of music, you know, and uh, I can get influenced by many things, and you know, so so I do like a blues album, and then a hard rock record, and then uh, something else that more was more like southern rock uh, and country, and uh, but by having to do it all on my own, I can't play all of these musical styles basically <laughs> if I if I'm by myself. So so uh, it just it you know like. 
what I do now, I feel is like it's it's a mix of all of these things into one sound, and uh, uh, just because you know, like uh, the of course the rhythm section is going to play like really basic, but I like that, you know, and uh, so uh, you know, I, I think I came up with uh, with my sound by having to do it on my own, which is a good thing. Necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. Exactly. Let's play another tune. Never is such a long time. Yes. This one's a bit slower, and we mentioned just at the beginning of the interview, you talked about the fact that you weren't quite happy with some of your early sort of recordings of of live shows in the sense that, that you felt the tempo was too high. This one's got a nice slower tempo to it. Tempos are, are really uh, uh, really good on this record, uh, just because you know I had done so many shows, and um, I, I've been working hard on it. You know, like because uh, even in the studio, you know, I I have a tendency to speed up. And live, you know, we all we always do it. We always play the songs too fast. And uh, but that concert that I recorded. Uh, uh, I was just like uh, I had no nervousness at all, and especially usually when whenever I record live shows, you're nervous because you, you're recording the shows, and uh, uh, you you know you don't want to screw up, and, uh, and and so you end up playing the songs too fast and not playing as well as usually. But for this record, I had recorded four shows, and I thought I had the album. I thought it, it was done, you know. So this was just like extra. So uh, and it was. It was not like a huge crowd, you know, it was about like, it was uh, 200 seater or something like that. And uh, uh, so the fact that I was not nervous at all, and I thought that I already had the album, uh, really helped me to, you know, have the right tempos and, and have really good performances because I, I had no nervousness. I know you felt the way I feel. You know you did, you know that well. It sounds like you could do with somebody slipping in and just kind of taping it without telling you so that you don't kind of get your mind in the zone of thinking I'm being recorded and you just kind of, yeah. oh yeah, here you go, here's the tape by the way, you're going to love it. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be great. Uh, either that or record the whole tour. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pick the best of that. Now, um, you mentioned as well the harmonica. This kind of, we don't get any until a, a little bit way through the concert and then it kind of comes out of nowhere. You're adding yet another instrument to your arsenal. I mean, where's your kind of influence for the harmonica come from and, and how much do you enjoy adding that to the mix? Oh, well, I mean, you know, uh, little Walter, uh, the best of the best, you know, uh, that's the main guy for me as far as harmonica goes. Um, uh, James Cotton, you know, like uh, all these uh, Chicago guys, you know, that's you can't really top that, basically. Uh, um, so um, the Chicago blues uh, is really like a huge influence on me, not just the harmonica, but the singing and uh, the recording also, you know, because 
I, I usually record uh, my albums myself. I have a studio, and you know I'm really into that sound, you know. Um, but as far as harmonica goes, uh, I mean, it's really hard to beat Little Walter, as far as I'm concerned. There's a bunch of great guys, you know, like uh, um, more contemporary. Uh, but uh, I tend to, you know, go uh, to the masters, you know, and learn from the masters. And uh, he's obviously the man, you know. Nothing new from Steve Hill on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. He's got a brand new live album out on the 11th of May, as we mentioned. It's called the One Man Blues Rock Band. Um, let's just touch on the tour, Steve. You're you're going to be going out with a couple of other people as well, King King and also Danny Bryant. Both of them have been guests on this podcast before and uh, excellent bunches of musicians with their own bands as well. It's going to be really exciting to, to hear you um, alongside them as well and, and, and on the same shows. How much are you looking forward to coming over to the UK and kind of getting stuck in? Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh should be a lot of fun you know i like what these guys are doing uh and uh i've been i've been i've toured the uk once before and uh i really enjoyed it so uh this should be a lot of fun steve hill with us on the route 66 one for the road podcast our thanks to him for taking the time to chat to us and my thanks to you for listening if you want to go and see him on tour which i suggest you do because i've got a feeling that it's something that uh, has to be seen to be believed to an extent the way he pulls this off because it does sound amazing it sounds like there's a lot more than one person on the stage at any one time which i can assure you there isn't uh, there's no loops either as he said so uh, really an impressive thing to go and see and he's supporting some great artists as well well, King King and Danny Bryant, both artists well worth going. There are quite a lot of tour dates, so I'm going to rattle through these very quickly. So get your pens and papers ready. Kicks off on the 3rd of May, St Mary in the Castle in Hastings. That's with King King. Then Mooney Art Centre in Pontypridd on the 4th of May, again with King King. The 1865 in Southampton he's playing on the 5th of May also with King King then on the 7th of May he's doing the Robin in Bilsden that's with Danny Bryant and then the rest of these uh, are with Danny Bryant for the next couple the Junction in Cambridge the Junction 2 it's called that's on Tuesday the 8th of May with Danny Islington O2 Academy 2 in London on the 9th of May again with Danny Bryant then the Epstein Theatre in Liverpool on the 10th of May with King King the Flower Pot in Derby on the 11th with Danny Bryant the Citadel in St Helens on the 12th with Danny Bryant the Barn in Bishop's Cleeve on Sunday the 13th again with Danny Bryant and the Live Rooms in Chester on Thursday the 17th of May that one is with King King as is the Brunendale Social Club in Leeds on Friday the 18th of May and the Picture Dome in Homeforth on Saturday the 19th and Cheese and Grain in Frome on Saturday the 26th of May uh, then he's in Phoenix Arts Centre in Exeter on the 26th 
27th of May, that's with King King as well. The Robin 2 in Bilsden on the 31st with King King. I told you it was a long list. The Apex in Bury St Edmunds on Friday the 1st of June with King King. Lawley Festival in Germany supporting Joe Bonamassa on Saturday the 16th of June. And yep, turn the page over, that is it. Uh, so go and see Steve Hill if you get the opportunity. He's totally rocking. And, uh, well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with him. If you did, do leave a comment, share, like, tell all your mates. And don't forget, you can get in touch with me anytime you fancy. I've got a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rockinjockin. And we're on Twitter as well, at rockinjockin, no G. And also, don't forget to check out Blues Rock Review, who work in conjunction with us for this podcast. Many thanks to them. Thank you to you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Cheerio! Thanks for downloading the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. For more information and to listen to the fully jocked radio show, head to rockinjockin.com.